Well, I started to be a freelance translator a year and a half ago. It might be better for me to be a freelancer. More flexible time and more chances to find our customers. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Claire, what show number are we up to? Oh, 185. All right. Great. Globalfromasia.com slash episode 185. So I said last week there was going to be a big announcement and uh, we'll start to show off right off with the announcement. Something I I said a long time ago was I'm not going to get back into product business myself. I exited in 2012. I sold I sold it in parts. I sold my eBay account and uh, sold my e-commerce website separately to different people. And I ended up going into a China accelerator accelerator program in Dalian, China in 2012 afterwards to free up time and focus on that. I don't regret that because it was an amazing experience. And I met my wife during the program and had quite a ride. And then later on, ended up doing Global From Asia show, which started out as a Hong Kong business podcast based on Dan Andrews' uh, Suggestions everybody should start a podcast when I was at uh, DC Bangkok in 2013. And this show has turned more and more into e-commerce. Originally, it was more about incorporations and banking, but, you know, I can't seem to stay away from e-commerce. And as more and more shows have been going by and people, you know, talking about Amazon, I decided and talked to Mayor about it. Uh, we got to do it on the show. So... We got a full blog post about the whole way it's going to go down, but I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from some listeners. We want to make this a live business on the air. So the way it's going to work is you can read the blog post details on globalformasia.com slash episode 185. We have a full 1500 plus word blog post explaining the whole story and background and how the program will work, but you guys can apply. We're going to have business partners with us Business partners with Global From Asia, our parent company, Shadstone Limited, and we will have 25% is what we're trying to keep in the business, and we want two other partners to join us. We can explain it in detail in the podcast, and we will, part of the deal is by you applying and being part of this, if we accept you, we'll talk about it. We want to make another series on the podcast where we update listeners every week. Uh, well, we'll think about weekly, but on a regular basis about what's happening with the Amazon business. We're going to go from start from ground zero all the way. So opening up a company, banking, which, you know, sucks and all the Amazon Seller Central accounts and everything. And just also give you guys more motivation to do it yourselves. I know there's some listeners not not doing it and listening, too. So hopefully that gives you guys motivation. Um there's so much more to say, but we're going to have a separate blog post. I'll put a video in it too, so you can watch it on on the Global From Asia blog, or you can find the link at globalfromasia.com slash episode 185. So that's the big announcement. So I'm excited and feels good to, to talk about it. Yeah, I'm Zandra speaking now. I've, I've met so many people in China and in Shenzhen that are working in e-commerce or have their own Amazon FBA business. But I never really know a whole lot of the details. I don't want to open up about it. So I'm personally very excited to see how this goes and just see everything that's involved from 
start to, well, from the starting phases until, yeah, whatever happens, hopefully profitability. Um, I think when Mike mentioned the like, uh, incubator program, and it was remind me of a world like when we want to go like fast go alone and when we want to go far go with you know like a group so i think it's really important to be part of a you know like a tribe like where you can get like motivation encouragement yeah and so much more great so this is big news for global from asia and uh, i hope you guys are excited as us and take action hop on over or maybe after the show you can listen in and uh, watch the video. I'll have a video with the blog. So also back to our normal announcements. We have been really growing these meetups. Andrew is heading up to Nanjing next month and we'll continue to do some great events there. So maybe you guys can fill us in what's happening with the meetup stuff. Definitely. The, the first Global from Asia meetup in Nanjing will be on Thursday, August 24th. Uh, we'll also be expanding into Hangzhou around the same time. So that'll be on Tuesday, August 22nd. And we'll be having our second Saigon uh, meetup in Vietnam. That is next week on, well, actually this week uh, on, uh, what was the day? Thursday, July 27th. There we go. Great. So back to local, like uh, Shenzhen, we're going to have a meetup on like uh, 50th August. And then followed that, we have a like a workshop, which is on 19th August. So it's about Facebook marketing for your e-commerce business. And Zach Franklin from like, he was ex uh, product management of- Product management and sales. Uh, of like value link will be giving like detailed um, kind of like mastermind uh, on Facebook marketing. Great. And I'm making a video blog as we do this. So uh, we're content creators here and it's great to see everybody being part of this. And let's get on to the show. So we said it was only a two-part series of Vietnam, but we're going into our third. Okay, this week is Nyong. She is a local, as you can tell from her amazing name, and she's going to be sharing some great stuff. Let's listen in. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have a continuation of our series in Saigon, Vietnam, and we have a local on the show with us. And I'm excited to have convinced her to be brave enough to come on the show. So we have this Nyong Chong. Yes. Thank you, Nyong, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Great. So we connected actually through Facebook when you came out to the Canton Fair. And it was quite an experience for you. Uh, we, we, we chat a little bit. So you currently do interpretation translation services for, for foreign companies in, in Vietnam. Do you want to introduce yes. yourself a little bit? Uh, okay. So my name is Nyong. And yeah. I'm Vietnamese, and uh, my current job is like a freelance translator. Okay. So, yes, I often have a customers from other countries coming here for the business. So, yeah, it's I great. do work with them. It's great. And so I got the idea from the show from your Facebook. You're pretty active on your Facebook, and one was, <laughs> one was talking about the developments you've seen with your own eyes in, in Vietnam. And, and I thought it'd yes. be an ex exciting topic. So, mm -hmm. so we were talking about where, what part of Vietnam were you, were you born and raised? You said in, uh, that you were born with a plastic spoon. Yes. Yeah. 
So I was born in 1990, and I was born in Ninh Bình province. It's a really, really small province in the north of Vietnam. Like, you know, it's super small. It's one of the smallest provinces in Vietnam. And it used to be one of the poorest ones in Vietnam also. Wow, so that's in the, in the south? Is it? Uh, no, it's in the north of Vietnam. Oh, in the north, it's okay. Like, yeah, it's just like 100 kilometers far from Hanoi. Oh, so you're near Hanoi. I've, yeah, yeah. I'm not so familiar with uh, still learning, yeah. but I yeah. I, lear- I learned during my trip in Saigon that the north is a little bit more. Hmm, yeah. They think they're a little bit better than the south. Maybe is that the right way to say it? Um, no, not really. It's just like Hanoi, like the capital of Vietnam, is a center of like culture, education, politics. You know. Yeah, the, yeah, Ho Chi Minh City is the center of economy, so everything is more developed here. Got it. Exact. Yeah. So, so then how? how I, I, there's so much to talk about for me. I mean, uh, so how was it growing up? I mean, in the nineties and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you know that Vietnam, I think that Vietnam and China do share a lot of like things in common because we used to be, you know, we are still like communist country, right? And uh, with the collapse of USFV, Soviet, so it was really, really difficult for us at that time with the yeah, collapse of Soviet. understand. So when I was born, everything was really, really difficult. Yeah, I was born in 1990, which is uh, like, um, but it was kept like we had a lot of changes at that time because we had the reformed period starting from 1986. But it was kept like it was a tough time. And not until like 1994, 1995, USA just lead the band first. So, yeah. We started to open our market and then do transaction, do business with foreigners from like mid earth 1990s. Mm. So would you say that's when it started really developing or maybe changing from, I mean, you were probably so young, but but yeah, I mean, you might've been starting to see. Yeah, of course, at the time, I couldn't understand anything about, like, economic uh, things. But, um, yeah, just like, you know, I just, I just, like, observe things with my own eyes to see that we, yeah, we had to struggle really hard when I was a kid to, yeah, to earn a living. So my parents had to spend most of the time on the street trying to earn money but things have changed a lot since then i see so you're down in saigon now what yes. uh, when did you when did you move there i moved in 2014 okay so about three years ago three years and a half so between so up until three years ago you were in your hometown no, I moved to Hanoi when I was 18. Just like, yeah, we went there for university. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in Hanoi for like more than six years. 
And then I moved, uh, I lived in Ho Chi Minh City for like more than three years. Okay. Interesting. Um, What would you say is, why did, how did you end up moving down to to Saigon? Um, It's just like I was always like, you know, attracted to move into Saigon since I was a kid. Because everybody told me that. Everything is really interesting here. Like we have a totally different kind of like, accents, like dialects, and uh, different lifestyles. And uh, people here are famous for being really friendly and generous. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like um, Hanoi is like, you know, an East Asian country. So Hanoi is really, really similar to China, actually, mm. the cultures and yeah. Or Ho Chi Minh City is more like a Southeast Asian country. I see. Mm-hmm. I haven't made it up to Hanoi yet. So this is interesting. And then, so were you always doing freelance after college? How you, you know you, you do a great job with your work, and how did that happen? Well, just like I have started, like I started to be a freelance translator, which is like one year and a half. Yeah. Ago. Okay. Yeah. So I started to work for some foreign companies after my graduation, but it just like I felt like it might be better for me to to do to be a freelancer, you know, more flexible time and more chances to find our customers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's great. Getting mm-hmm. yeah, being your own boss and and making your own hours and and rules yeah so yeah i know clients have been happy to work with you and it's and uh even giving you yeah like opportunities in uh other parts like coming up to china and other things so it's it's great yeah yeah it has been great so far and i love it cool uh so how about you know from from me for me i i work with some Developers in Vietnam actually on as fr- mm-hmm. they're freelancers and they're very talented. But I've noticed they're at least in my opinion a little bit shy. I don't, or at least to me as a foreigner, I don't know uh-huh. if I told you I was trying to meet them when I was there. Uh huh. They're not in Saigon. They're near, but I was willing to you know pay for their travel time and travel costs. Uh-huh. But they were uh, a little bit shy. Do you do you think that's normal or or you know? Yeah, I sure don't know. Maybe they're shy because, like, their English is not really kind of like you know fluent enough. Yeah. Yeah, it just yeah, it's actually a big problem for us. Like you know, a lot of my classmates at the university now they couldn't even speak English, even when our major is English. Wow. So yeah, it's just like we are so shy, like yeah. you know. You don't like you are afraid of talking about something and then making people misunderstand it stuff yeah. or you can't even make yourself uh, understood so got it yeah they're shy sometimes yeah i felt like that too i mean i've tried to have calls with them online but it's always been just talking by text chats or emails or or you know yeah yeah we are more like you know familiar with it like, just reading and uh, yeah, reading and writing. And like you will see a lot, a lot of people who have spent like a dozen of years 
studying English, but yeah, they just couldn't do it. Got it. So it's it's just you think it's mostly the language, or I guess is it a culture too, or is it just that they're shy with their English, or? Well, like I used to say that in Saigon, people are really friendly, and um, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, really friendly. Like, when you travel around, you know, sometimes people don't even speak the language, but they are still, like, trying to help you when you ask for directions or something. I think that is the same here. Like, people are really helpful, trying to, to help you when you are in need. But um, if you want them to initiate a conversation with you, it might be a problem for them. I see. I think that it's just like the language barrier. It's mm. about like they don't want to talk to you. They are cold or something. It's not. I understand. Yeah. So I have to bring this up. It's, um, uh, you know, of course, I always think about, you mentioned a little bit at the beginning is, the, you know, the, the there was the Vietnam War and yeah. uh I know you weren't even around. I wasn't even around when that happened. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I'm, I'm American, uh, you know, so I, I've yeah. heard about it in my school growing mm-hmm. up, different mm-hmm. different classes. You know, there's a lot of movies, at least in the U.S. And it's, yeah, yeah it's, I know. It's, I've uh, seen some of it. Oh, you've seen it. Uh, yeah. How, sh- and there's even, the, I didn't get to, chance to see the museum in uh, Saigon when I was there, yeah. but uh, yeah. I didn't do too much tourist stuff and it doesn't look like that much fun for me to see, to be honest. So yeah. I've, I've heard that the museum doesn't make Americans look so nice uh, there, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, um, do you want to share what you think the general yeah, sure. yeah, feeling yeah, is? I um, like when you travel around to Vietnam or something, you would barely see anyone who is hostile, like who hates Americans or something. Like, you know, we talk about it, we bring it up sometimes, but not for like a split in the hedges. We just merely think about it as a historical event. Yeah. So, yeah, you can talk to a lot of people. And actually, it's quite funny, but I think that people here love Americans a lot. Cool. Like, uh, do you like uh, Obama, you know, the former uh, president, Barack Obama? He paid a visit to Vietnam just last year. And you could see that that people just flocked to the street to, to take a look at him. Wow. It was really funny, to be honest. And, yeah, we are really friendly to Americans, and um, we, we just treat you guys just the same as other foreigners, and we love foreigners. I'm not talking about myself, but I'm talking about the majority of the people. Like, yes, that's what I mean. Okay. And I know that a lot of Americans, they are kind of like, they hesitate to travel to Vietnam just because they think that Vietnamese people still, like... Uh, how the grudge towards them, like, you know, mm-hmm. still don't like them. But actually, it's not. Like, yeah, you will barely see any differences between uh, you and another foreigner in the way we treat you guys. Got it. All right, that's good to know. Thanks, thanks for sharing. So, what do you? You're welcome. What do you see for the local economy? I mean, 
it's I, I was there i just saw construction everywhere and you know i had friends yeah. i have friends that are living there too and and they just yeah. say there's like a subway system being built there's yeah. there's new new condominium apartments being built i mean mm-hmm. offices what do yeah. you what do you or you and or your local friends thinking is going to happen with the economy i guess keep going up or or i mean what's your thoughts yeah, well, you see that like there are greens just everywhere. It means that new buildings are building up, uh, are built up. Yeah, and um, actually, the economy here is growing up pretty fast, I think. And uh, we have many advantage about it, like how to attract the investors. So yeah, I think that. Their business here is really potential. So, what type of industries you were at our our global Asia meetup? Uh, thanks for coming last last month. And you know, other foreigners were saying it's it's still difficult, even compared to Chinese factories. Like you went up to China for the Canton Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. I I know there's some people say manufacturing's happening in Vietnam. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear much about it myself. Uh, what 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 kind of industries do you think are the are growing or the better ones in Vietnam right now? Mm, you mean that better than China? You mean? Uh maybe not. Well, maybe I could break it into two parts. So one is a lot of our show we talk about import export manufacturing and yeah. selling online. So a lot of our listeners are doing business with uh, factories. So I was, I just overheard at our meetup last month that, um, it's difficult to buy from factories in Vietnam more than in China for a couple Uh, of reasons. So, so yeah, I'm not sure if you've ever dealt with the factory with your clients or people, you know, in Vietnam or, or, uh, so that's the first question. And the second question is just generally what you think are the, are good industries or different types of businesses in Vietnam that are looking to be mm-hmm. growing yeah okay so first I have to be honest that, that I'm not really an expert in these fields however I think um, one of the reasons is just like you know like most of factories in Vietnam we produce something for the investors I don't know whether you understand it but for example like uh, in the fashion industry we have like mango Jara and uh, H&M and Forever 21 just order the products and then we uh, we produce it for them. Got it. You understand it? Yeah. So, yeah. Like clo- clothing, I think, right? Textiles industry? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have heard that there are lots of factories that are moving to Vietnam because the labor, like the labor fee here is cheaper and then, uh, yeah. Just compared to China, because yeah. now we know that things in China are kind of like you know, uh, is increased the fee. I mean, definitely, like yeah. you said with the hotel, you stayed at Canton Fair was expensive, and other things, especially, yeah, really expensive. Es- especially Canton Fair time is expensive here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so from what I heard, yeah, I've also heard textiles and clothing 
is is popular in Vietnam. Well, what I was hearing from other s- small mm. business owners at the meetup was they said that the logistics is difficult and still kind of developing, like the shipping from yeah. from mm-hmm. Vietnam mm-hmm. is seems like the hard part, and sometimes customs seems more more complicated. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think it's the manufacturing itself is difficult, but what I've heard is just the it's just not developed as much but of course maybe it's cheaper but it seems more complicated and also yeah. one thing i don't know if you remember at the meetup but one of the one of the attendees during the questions time said that he's young because a lot of the a lot of the, you know a lot of listeners a lot of a lot of e-commerce business owners are younger so he says in yeah. Viet- vietnam they don't the factory owner doesn't take them as serious just because he's younger uh, uh he says it's in China, they don't care as long as he has money and pays. But he says in Vietnam, he noticed that the factory mm-hmm. owners uh, wouldn't take him as serious because they thought he was mm-hmm. not not really a business owner or really a business person mm-hmm. or serious. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Vietnam still have a lot of things to do to improve before they want to, you know, to have a booming in the in industry, in economy. Yeah. Yeah. But um I mean we just look at it we to take a look at it as a potential market first to you know to learn more about it. But um yeah, I have heard that the customs and then the logistic are really complicated when you want to talk about it. But I believe that the government will need to do something about it if they want to attract more foreign yeah. Foreign investors. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But you can see that, like, you know, as I said, the USA just leave the ban first, like, uh, in 1994. Yeah. And we joined w, uh, WTO yeah. in 2005. Yeah. So, yeah, so the economy is growing, but uh, it still has many, many disadvantages to foreigners, investors, but it's kind of like we need to focus on it. That's uh, one of the highlights of the government to work on. So I believe that they will they will figure out how to attract more investors. Yep. And it means that they need to fix their system, the whole system, the corrupted one, to make it smoother, easier for you guys. Agreed, agreed. Um, so some industry, at least I heard, um, well, I mean, like I do a lot of the development there's really good technical, I'm sure you have some programmer friends maybe in your circle too, but I've been really uh, impressed with the programmers in Vietnam. They're very, seems like very, uh, well-educated and, and hardworking and, and know the latest type of programming languages. So I, I, I think that's a great industry there. Uh, Okay. So, so for, for you, you know, you, you, so you've been doing your freelance translation and interpreting for a year and a half now. Uh, is that what you like to do? Is that your, what, is that your plan long-term or, or what's your goals in your career? Yeah, I just love my, my job. So yeah, I have no plan to change it and in that in any time soon. Oh, cool. And That's you know that because, oh, yeah, because as I said, that the country is developing. So, 
there are still many chances for us to, to earn money from it. So why not? Sure. Agreed. Yeah. Hope, hope some yeah. listeners can, can, yeah. uh, can contact you too. And, and I think, yeah, I think you have a great opportunity and, and you can grow the business. Uh, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunity for you. So, so for, for, you know, you work with a lot of foreign foreign entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, coming to do business in Vietnam or doing, maybe do business remotely, what would you say are some recommendations you have for them when they're maybe first coming out, out to Vietnam to do business? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's not really easy for them to just come here and do business because they might have a lot of like cultural shocks, <laughs> really. But, you know, because after all, we are still a communist country. So the system here, the market here might not work the same way it does in the countries. So they they should have some research before doing it. And um, they also need someone like an expert, a local expert, to give them more insight, information about the, yeah, the economy, the industry that they want to, to okay. party. Okay. And then is that something you can help with or is that for, uh, uh, you can help with the market research or is that? Well, no, <laughs> I didn't say because I think that people will need me. Yeah, I just like, you know, focus on translation, interpretation work. So is market research so, part of it or or that we no. somebody else? I mean, it can help, but not as an expert. You know? I see. I see. No problem. Yeah. I'm trying to just trying to understand more. Yeah. So then. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for your time. We're getting towards the end and uh, just wanted to talk more about uh, your service. So you. You focus on interpretation, which is when people come to Saigon, they, they need mm -hmm. someone to be a local local interpreter. Yeah. And then translation would be actually translating uh, like documents or other types of uh, types of Vietnamese yes. language material. Yeah. So both ways, English to Vietnamese and Vietnamese to English. Yeah, it's the vice versa. Cool. So. So do you have yeah. any, any, any stories you can share of some fun stories with some clients or friends about? I mean, I do need to, I do need to improve my sense of humor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So probably nothing at the moment, but maybe when I can like, um, yeah. I can okay. the nerves. Yeah. So like for me, like, uh, I learned don't take white taxis. Is that true? There's different color taxis. And they said, my friend told me like the white color ones are bad or mm -hmm. is that so I, I, mean, I, you mean? I can't really remember clearly, but they were just saying yeah. certain brands or certain types of yeah. taxis are not as good as mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. like, I understand because I truly say that you can only trust in two brands, true taxi brands in Vietnam. Um, it's been a sun, the white one and the mailing. Uh, the green one. Oh. The others, you might get scammed. So, yeah. I think I got scammed, but uh, there was one time. Oh. Yeah, one time. I was... Uh, I wasn't paying well, too much attention, so... You are not alone. I was scammed, too, when I was in China. Oh, yeah. For, I mean, I got a free shot burst from uh, my hotel, from the airport to my yeah. hotel, but I couldn't call them. So, I was trying to get a taxi, and uh, I was like, because 
I haven't been living in Vietnam for like 27 years, so I thought that I was an expert. I mm. asked for the speedometer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the tossing meters. Yeah. And then they all say no, no, and no. And then finally, someone had me get one. But he went to another side of the city, and then I ended up being in the taxi for like almost three hours. And I paid like um, three, 300 minpi. Wow, so crazy. It was definitely a scam. <laughs> yeah, so it happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah it happens just everywhere. I, 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 yeah, I said on a recent video that just taxi drivers are just just uh, yeah. scammers. But, I mean, I have been to Cambodia, Thailand, Philippines, China, and I was scammed like in own for yeah, so. by taxi drivers. But they have different kind of scamming, though. Like in Vietnam, people are not going to ask for a fixed price, but they will just drive you around to get more money from you. Mm, but in horrible. some other countries, they will just tell you a price that they are willing to take you in because okay. of the traffic. But then, you know, it's always like much higher than the actual fee we should pay. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. just normal. I think it's just part of getting <laughs> used to a new place. So yeah. how can people find you we we also you also listed your service on our global from asia marketplace which will yeah. will link uh is yeah. there is is there other other ways that you'd like people to be able to to contact you or your your business um yeah well you can contact me on Facebook. I know that it's not really a formal way to do, but in Vietnam, people are obsessed with Facebook. Okay. Unlike China, right? Yeah, it's blocked in yeah. China. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. And thank you yeah. so much. for. I know it was a little bit nervous for you, and you did great. And <laughs> I, I think it was very helpful. So I'm glad to have you uh, share your ex your experience and perspectives on the show. So okay, and thank you for letting me to share things that I know about my country. Thank you, Nyong, for sharing, and I'm so happy we have some local representation. You know, I think sometimes when we have meetups and events and talk to others, you know, we want to not just have a bunch of expats here talking about business in China and Asia, but we want to have more locals giving us real life experiences so i hope you guys enjoyed her sharing it was a little bit scary for me to ask her about the vietnam war i feel like i've watched so many of these movies in school about how horrible we were and uh you know how bad things went in there as as americans so part of the show is what we're trying to do is you know global from asia global you know borders i you know we talk about cross-border business and things and why are there all these borders still? You know, I think borders should be disrupted and, you know, broken down. I mean, the internet and all these things, and we, we always have struggles with banking and payments. So we're trying our best to make things easier for everybody around the world. And hopefully it's helping people like you listening. So thanks so much for listening to the show. And also, if you're in Saigon and you're enjoying these, we have our meetup just in a couple of days after the show goes online, July 27th at the Hive co-working space in District 2 which would be awesome. And we're doing more meetups and we're looking for more hosts and 
hosts and partners and kind of build out a franchise of this um, around the world. And we'd love to have you guys involved. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the big announcement this week is uh, we're starting up an e-commerce company. We're looking for partners from you guys. And we want to make this a community kind of like quote unquote public company where we're going to talk about what products we're finding and what's the status of from the very beginning ground zero. It's going to be a new incorporated company with no activity and probably even show the financials and stuff and I'll probably get in trouble with the IRS or something and we'll just make it all as transparent until they lock me up in jail. But uh, that's part of what we do here. International business is a little bit crazy and and uh, putting yourselves out there. So I hope you guys are interested and, and apply. And uh, again, all the show notes, links to that application and all the details on that with the videos and other things we talk about is globalformasia.com slash episode 185. See you guys next week. Peace. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.